and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently an ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast is filled with tips and tricks for not only being the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but living the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. Hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. Welcome back to another episode of the Adaptation Station podcast. Today's episode is all about setting up independent work in your classroom. I told you in the last episode that this was one of the biggest things I wish I'd done earlier in my teaching career. A big reason why I didn't start these earlier is because it seemed like such a daunting thing to get running in my classroom, which is why I wanted to do this podcast. Now, I do have a blog post with pictures if visuals will help you kind of picture how to do this in your classroom, but this podcast is going to share that same information if hearing it auditorily is better for you. So independent work centers were a part of my everyday routine. My students did it during different times of the day, but I also like to use independent work centers as a way to refocus my class if we had something that got us off schedule. My best example is a fire drill. A fire drill is something that's really unexpected, and a lot of times it would throw my students off their routine. Sometimes we would come back and go straight into independent work. By the winter break, independent work was such a familiar thing for my students. It was so predictable. They knew exactly what they were supposed to be doing that I found it to be the perfect way to transition from something like a fire drill back into what we were supposed to be doing on our schedule. Really, these were a lifesaver in so many different ways in my classroom, and this podcast is going to give you four tips to help you get this running. I want to emphasize that this was difficult to get running, and I'm certainly not saying that every student in my class could work independently, but enough of them could do it independently that it freed up staffing to help those students who still needed help later in the year. The first thing that you need to do when you're putting independent work into your classroom is decide on your system. Are you going to have a station at each desk for your students to use? Will there be a center in the classroom that students will move to? I've done it both ways. This past year, I had little centers at each desk. Previously, I had a center in my classroom, and both have advantages and disadvantages. You'll really just have to look at your spacing and your students and what you're trying to achieve to determine which of those setups is better. You'll also want to decide on how you're presenting the work to the student. My preferred method is a three-tier system, so it's a drawer, and it has three drawers on it, and students will go into each drawer and complete a task. And while that might be close-ended, and this is one of the biggest complaints I hear with three-drawer systems, is because students only learn how to do three tasks, that's what worked for my class. And I'm going to stop here for just a minute and tell you guys that you're going to hear that over and over again in this podcast. I am a big believer in doing what works for your students. There were so many times where I would see something presented in a blog or I'd read about it in an article, and there was absolutely no way for me to do it the way it was described in my classroom. I didn't have enough resources. I didn't have enough staff members. I didn't have enough room. I didn't have enough time to train people. And I would get discouraged, and I would say, well, I can never do it like that, so I'm not going to try at all. And the whole point of this podcast is to help you put little things into your classroom. So if you hear me say something on a podcast and you can't make that work, that's okay. And that's kind of how I feel about independent work centers. I read a lot of blogs and I couldn't do it the way other people 
were demonstrating it being done. So that really deterred me from years for doing it. And one of the biggest things I kept saying was that three drawer systems were not the best choice. Well, that's what we did and we were fine. So I just want to throw that in there. However you can make it work, that's okay. I've also used letter organizers. So same concept, but rather than drawers, I would just put a file folder in each of the little pullout slots on the letter organizer. I've done a binder system where I had dividers that had pockets in them, and that was great for students taking it into general education, and I used that method a lot with worksheets. And I also just did numbers on a file folder. So I would take three file folders that the student needed to do, and I would put a number one, number two, and number three on the file folders. I would put those in his desk, and then he would come to his desk and find file folder one, complete it, and move on. So again, here are four different ways you can set it up. If you have a different way of setting it up, that's fine. Whatever you do to make it work in your classroom is great. So you'll need to get your system set up in your classroom. Again, I talked about choosing if it's going to be an individualized workstation for a student or if it's just a center in the classroom. And in that blog post, I have pictures of both setups if you're not sure what I'm talking about. But figure out how you want to get it set up in your classroom and that'll help you get it rolling. You'll also need to determine how to store your tasks. That was a big question that I got. If you're familiar with me from social media, you know I have an unhealthy obsession with file folders and I have more than any teacher should have, absolutely. But I ended up taking all of those file folders and dividing them amongst every student. So in my classroom, my students were color coded and I'll have another podcast about what that looked like. But I would take each file folder and sort it by student. And then those file folders went into drawers with colored pieces of duct tape. So my student who was color-coded pink, she had three drawers that had pink duct tape on them, and all of the file folders in those drawers were appropriate for her independent work center. I really liked doing it this way because it allowed any adult that came into my classroom to help me reset independent work systems. And that's a huge thing. It is a lot of resetting, so anything I could do to help cut down on that or help me was good. And I did have a pretty large classroom, so that made it easier for me to do it that way. Previously, when I had independent work be a station that students visited in my classroom, I stored all of my file folders in book bins on a bookshelf. There are some other ways that you can store. You can keep them in milk crates uh, lined up on the floor. You can keep them in file cabinets using hanging file folders. There's a lot of different ways you can set it up. And I recommend having the work as close to the station as possible. And that'll make it easier. You don't want your assistant to have to be running across the classroom to get three new file folders when she's trying to reset this center up when she has 20 seconds. You want it to be right there for her or for him or for you so that way you can do it more quickly. The last thing you need to do is acquire all of the tasks. So if you are on a super time crunch, it's not the most affordable way, but there are file folders that you can buy from Amazon that all you need to do is Velcro the pieces. So the file folder already comes laminated and you just cut out the pieces, add some Velcro and move on. And that was a really great way when I had to get a new skill in really fast. I didn't mind splurging to grab that every now and then. But most of my file folders came from Teachers Pay Teachers, of course. So I used file folders and then I also used just some, I like to call them easy prep boards. They're called other things as well. So Erin from You Ought to Know has a lot of those great 
easy prep boards. They're single boards. They don't go on a file folder, but she has them for a huge range of skills. So you can describe the packs that align to what your student needs or your IEP goals. Uh, I also recommend looking for those big bundles of file folders. And the people that I think of when I think of the big bundles are Gabrielle from Teaching Special Thinkers, uh, Breezy from, or Bree from Breezy Special Ed, uh, Kayla Kaufman from My Special Learners, Alyssa Shanahan from Simply Special Ed. They all have great file folder packs. And of course, I couldn't talk about independent work and file folders without mentioning Sasha from the Autism Helper. Those are the bundles that I bought and really made my independent work center run. Using those resources really helped me have a wide range of activities I could use to help meet more of my students' needs. Once I had all of this running, I had to get it going in my classroom. It took a lot of training and a lot of modeling, and I started independent work this past year, like the third or fourth day of school, and I would say that most of my students were pretty comfortable with it by the end of October, so our first day of school was end of August. So it took about two months for most of my students to become able, like, to be able to do it on a pretty much independent basis, and then I still had some students who needed more help, but basically by February, most of my students were going to their desk and at least attempting the work. And that opened up so many opportunities for me to do be doing other things. When my students were working independently at their independent work centers, I could pull out an IEP bin for a student and work on that. And don't worry, I have a podcast coming about what an IEP bin is. But I could pull out their IEP bin and get some work on a goal that a student was struggling on because I suddenly had eight minutes because all of my other students were doing their independent work. Or this was a great way to pull a student and do a quick assessment for their IEP. Just, it gave me a lot of flexibility. It helped me build in some packets of time. And we always want our students to be able to do things independently. So it was a win-win scenario. I hope this podcast gave you some good tips and made you feel a little bit more comfortable at trying to start something like this in your classroom. Again, I do have a blog post with a lot of pictures if that's easier for you to get that information. Sometimes I like to actually see it to be able to picture it in my own classroom. But if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me. You can leave feedback through this podcast or you can come find me on social media. I love talking about independent work and I have a lot of advice to get it set up. So don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions and I'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you like what you heard, I would greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and AdaptationStation.net. It's taco night in my house, so I'm going to go have a delicious dinner and a margarita, and I will talk to you guys again next Friday. <laughs>